This is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright from Mainstream Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gerald provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright. You know, I was channel surfing the other day and came across the Zigfield Follies, a comedic 1945 musical starring Fred Astaire, Judy Garland, Gene Kelly, Lucille Ball, and a laundry list of other prominent performers of that era. You know, the most thing about that particular movie is that they don't make that kind anymore. It's full of bright colors, lots of upbeat music, and general silliness. It left me with a smile on my face, but it also reminded me of how much I love the word folly. I've often used the phrase financial follies with my clients when we're talking about their current financial strategy. Financial follies just a sort of uh, it sort of rolls off your tongue pretty easily in the way that I like. And more importantly, I'm able to emphasize that financial folly isn't a financial catastrophe because unlike with financial catastrophes, The occasional financial folly generally allows you to make a strategic change to adjust before your financial future is heavily affected. Accordingly, we'll spend today's show going over some of the biggest financial follies I've encountered during my career and what you can do to avoid them. A well-done Investopedia article top 10 most common financial mistakes jumped out at me because they nicely shed light on some of the things I've seen in my career. The article's first critical financial folly is overspending on things you don't really need. When I point this out to clients, when I see that they're spending a lot of money on something, I ask them, do you really need this? You know, they often emphatically say yes, But when we chat a little bit more about it, their emphatic yes often becomes, well, probably not. I like to use lunch as an example. If you're spending $30 a week on an afternoon meal, it can easily be thought of as, well, this isn't going to make or break me. But let's broaden the numbers. $30 a week is $120 a month. That actually sounds a little bit differently, doesn't it? And you might think about it in this way. $30 a week for 52 weeks is $1,560. Most folk that I work with certainly have better ways to spend $1,500 per year than at a drive-thru. Amazon Prime, cable TV, streamers, gym memberships, The recurring payment trend is getting more common. And with something like Netflix, you may say to yourself, hey, what's the big deal? And if it's just Netflix, you're probably right. But if you have Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Apple TV, Disney Plus, 
and Spotify. Now, you're talking about over $1,000 per year on streamers. That's a lot of entertainment. And how much do you really need? Also, remember that entertainment is more than just the view from your living room couch. If you tighten up some of those streaming expenses, you may have more money to enjoy a night out with friends or a weekend getaway. Realizing too much on credit cards is another common financial folly. Credit cards are a critical tool for millions of Americans who use them for gas, groceries, and other necessities. But you must be careful with them. If your credit card has good rewards and you are pretty vigilant about paying them off on a monthly basis, but if you can't pay off the balance by the end of the month, you may want to use your debit card instead. It's no revelation to note that while millions of cars are sold each year, few of them are purchased with outright cash. Most folk are financing their new ride, which means they're paying interest on an asset that's losing value every day. If you're a person who trades in a vehicle every few years, you're likely losing money on every trade. If you're financing a vehicle, it's imperative that you get what you need at the best possible price. So, what kind of advice would I give a client who has 200,000 miles on their current vehicle and has little choice but to upgrade? First, remember the words I want to use have different meanings. You may want an SUV that seats eight, but if you only have one kid living at home, you may not really need it. Sticking to needs rather than wants will likely save real money. Secondly, remember, SUVs cost more to purchase, insure, and fuel. Going a little smaller means fewer trips to the gas station and you don't need to have a financial services pro to figure out that fueling up keeps more money in your pocket. Finally, and perhaps most importantly, if you focus on models that are a year or two older, you will likely get many of the safety and entertainment features you want while letting someone else take the depreciation hit. I know people who have reached the point where they're able to purchase brand new rather than gently used. In most cases, they choose new because it's a status symbol. But just because you can afford something doesn't make it smart to do it. The logic that we use for purchasing a vehicle can also be applied to purchasing a home. American homes are getting bigger. Five bedrooms, furnished and finished basements, four-car garages, bonus rooms, and more. If you have a large family, you may need all of those things. But if you have a family of four, you may not need 5,000 square feet. Here's something I stress with my clients. Don't forget about taxes, upkeep, and utilities. The bigger the house, 
the larger the heating bill. A three-bedroom house with a two-car garage will not only come with a smaller sticker price, it also means less to keep up. While those cable shows about purchasing a home and remodeling your current home can be a lot of fun, I do wonder if they create a false sense of reality. A gourmet eight burner gas stove might be nice, but who really needs one? Another financial folly I've seen is realizing too much on your home equity. Refinancing means you're getting a stack of cash, but are you giving away ownership to someone else? If refinancing means you end up with a lower rate or that you can quickly pay down some high interest debts, it may be smart. But refinancing should be viewed with considerable caution. A home equity line of credit may be an alternative because you're basically using the equity you've built in your home as a credit card. But caution is again vital because this step may mean you pay interest on the line of credit funds used. The article's next financial folly is living paycheck to paycheck. As it notes, in June of 2021, the U.S. household personal savings rate was 9.4%. That means many folks are living paycheck to paycheck. I get it. Life is hard especially in an economy full of COVID-19 uncertainties. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, I don't want you to feel that someone is knocking you. But if you don't have something saved and the fridge dies, you're going to have a problem. Most financial professionals recommend having three to six months of living expenses saved. I know that that can be a tough road, but if you can get there, you'll have achieved something important. If you've enjoyed today's show, visit us at retiredpeacepodcast.com and click on my radio page. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And finally, if you would like more information about what we've discussed today, give us a call at 888-324-0589. Thanks for listening. And until next week, this is Gerald G. Genright. Thank you for listening to Retire at Peace. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Gerald G. Genright at Mainstream Financial Group. Call 205-324-0589 or visit him online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. Gerald Ginwright and Mainstream Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed on the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.